Welcome to Northgate's podcast. We pray you enjoy the teaching of God's Word. May the Holy Spirit encourage, exhort, and comfort you. We invite you to come and see what the Lord is doing at Northgate. Come and grow with us. May you be blessed by the God of hope. Thank you, Jesus, for this day. We pray that you'll bless your Word. Yeah, we're excited because your word is true, and we are excited because your Holy Spirit is here, and so we believe with all our hearts that you're going to do something wonderful. We pray this in your name, amen. So you guys are here, and I'm glad because you're not going to probably hear this teaching ever again, or at least for a long time. How's that? I'll put it that way. I have never um, taught on this, but I think because we're in the Proverbs and we're talking about practical living, I need to do some really practical things. All right? So, I don't know if you've ever had to wear glasses. (laughs) I have. That's not my sermon, but that was my first line. So... The Proverbs, if you've read through them, at times you find, or I find, maybe you find, to be interesting, especially Proverbs chapter 3, and I remember Amy and I with our kids, uh, we call them the the promise-packed Proverbs. We have this little book that what happens, especially in some of them, and just zero in on chapter 3 today, We see a little bit of a pattern. We see like two verses together, but split up in two. And the first part of the proverb is a spiritual principle, but it's followed by a promise. That makes sense, right? So let's give an example here. My son, chapter 3, verse 1, do not forget my law, but let your hearts keep my commands. That's the principle, the promise for length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. All right, so we see that. Let's go to the next verse. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Here is what's going to happen. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Catch a little bit of the pattern? Well, we we see that. So let's go to to chapter 7, because chapter 5 and 6 we know, which is trust in the Lord with all your heart. Acknowledge him, right? And he will direct your path. But number 7 here. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. I find that really interesting that a spiritual action will lead to a physical benefit, a physical promise. It's not actually just in chapter 3, but chapter 4 If we look at that, verse 20, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Another pattern, another promise. It's not the only place especially in the Old Testament, where we see that obedience to God's way will keep us, how should we say Moses said, healthy, physically. And we know that's 
Old Testament that if you obey, that you'll physically do better. But I was interested New Testament. What does the word of God have to share about that? Now, as I was thinking about this, because we're doing wisdom, literature, practical living, there is nothing more practical in our lives than our physical body and our wellness. Right? <laughs> you got to live in what you've been given. Right? That tent, whatever you want to call it. Peter called it a tent. Paul called it a temple. Yeah. I just was thinking, I have never given a sermon entirely in some ways about the physical body. And I'm sure there's a few reasons. One in particular is there's some really bad theology out there. Right? I am not a prosperity guy, and so then there's this fine line that we'd always be healthy, which we know is not true. But then do we throw out everything then related with our physical body? The other reason I probably wouldn't give a sermon on this is because we as a culture are so hyper-focused on the physical and what we look like, I don't want to go there. Because there is a negative connotation when it's all about self and how I look and the money we pour into it. And if we get our esteem from that, we're sunk, right? So in regular Dan fashion, it's easy to stay away, right, from something like that. But last week we talked about money and a big lesson that God showed me is just because people abuse teaching on money doesn't mean I shouldn't teach the truth about money. Now let's bring that to the physical body because people have abused with bad theology the idea of the physical body. I don't want to run away from the truth of scripture when it talks practically about our tent, temple, or our body. So here we go. Four pages of notes. Are you ready? Anyways, it's not that long. I read it to Amy. It took me about 10 minutes. But of course, things come to my mind while I'm up here. So that should be about 45 minutes. <laughs> That's what my kids would say. Well, let's roll. I am excited to teach God's word. Um, so... In our home group last year, which we had alternating homes, which was a prayer home group, we did actually read through parts of a book, and it was called The Good and Beautiful You, and the author is James Brian Smith. And you're like, well, that's a really strange title for a book. It's pretty focused on us. But it's actually the fourth book in a series. And don't let the title throw you off, because the series started with this, The Good and Beautiful God. And then he goes down the list of the good and beautiful community, the good and beautiful life that we're to live. And then he finishes with the good and beautiful you. Now, the important thing about this series of books, which is great for discipleship, what he did was take a false narrative that we believed as Christians, and he replaces it with the true narrative that comes from God's word. Because believe it or not, we think things, even in the church, that we've had because of tradition or our parents or other Christians in our life, we develop these narratives which aren't really true. Like, God is angry at me all the time. 
Like, that's a big one. He did. Like, God's not angry with you. He's angry at sin, right? But sometimes we get that feeling like, oh, he's got a hammer over me. So, for example, he'll go to displace that lie with truth of who God is to help us through. So this time as we're going through, one of the first chapters in this, because he's talking about us and who we are, he talked about our physical body. And he talked about some of the false narratives that we have believed about it. And that can be how we fixate on it, how we get our esteem from it. But sometimes as Christians, how we see our body as evil. My spirit's good. My body's evil. Right? But he elegantly went through that book and showed us that our body wasn't created evil, but rather it was created good. And sin is the problem. It's not your body. You see, your body is made with desires, but the problem is if you give in to sin and desires, that's where it goes wacky and turns off the road. Does that make sense? So our created body, you think Adam and Eve, was perfect. It was good. God made it. And isn't it absolutely amazing when you get into the science of the body? And I read this week that there'll be no computer, AI or not, that will ever replace the human brain because it is utterly, incredibly amazing the way God created you. How your arms, your fingers, your feet, your legs work. How your internal organs are so complex. It is absolutely incredible. The creator did an amazing job. And in itself, it's not bad. And you don't have to look at your physical body as bad. But unfortunately, because of sin, sometimes we see it as bad because the things we do, but it's because we're giving in to sin. It's not our desires, think of eating, aren't bad. Our desires for sexual pleasure are not bad. But it's when we turn to sin that, hmm, not good, right? So we have to start there and understand that. And he went through some other examples in Scripture that Jesus lived in a body, and you know what? He didn't sin. So the body in itself necessarily wasn't bad. Do you know that the church is often in the scripture referred to as the, the body? And how the body helps itself in terms of different parts and working together. And the edification is absolutely incredible. And do you know that someday you will have a resurrected body? It's not like you're just going to be a spirit in heaven. Your spirit's going to come to the resurrected body. It's not like I'm doing away with it. It's bad. You're going to have a redeemed, incredible body. So it's not like, oh, they'll put my body over there. Like I'm going to be like, oh, bad, 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 bad. No, sin is bad, bad, bad. And we have to know the difference. And we need to live the difference. And we need to treat and think how God thinks of ourselves physically. And we know, as you journey through scriptures, even in the New Testament, that humans are not just seen as only spirits or souls or only minds, but we're spirit, soul, and body. Now, when I talk about soul, it's your emotion and your mind, so I'll just kind of wrap it in there. It's the seed of who you are. It's your psyche. Right. But then you have your spirit, which we know well, and then you have your physical body. And in God's word, three, they work together. 
They do in an incredible way. And I don't think God has called us to separate them. And Jesus told us clearly that we are to love him with our mile, our mind, all our soul and all our strength. All of who we are. All of my soul, spirit and body is to love the Lord. Not just my spirit. How about that? I find that absolutely incredible. And in the book of Hebrews, chapter 6, it says that God's word is incredible and it is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword and it pierces us to the division of soul, spirit, and joint and marrow. Basically saying that God's word doesn't just go to our mind or just to our soul. It wants to go everywhere. And it wants to make us different. It wants us to grow. It wants to convict us of what we're doing that's not good for our soul, our mind, or our body, our spirit. And I think it's quite profound that our relationship with God ministers to all of us. And God's way of living, he wants to make us healthy in our mind, which we see with mental illness and the push for that, praise God, because we want to see healthy minds, right? Don't you want to see a healthy mind? And your friends who struggle, you struggle, that's depression or anxiety. And we want to see God touch that. Amen. And we want to see God touch our soul. Praise the Lord. Our mind. We want to see him touch our body. Now, I want to stop for a second. Because this is where people can go off the rails and say, well, I'm never going to be sick or blah, blah, blah. Well, that's baloney, right? Because even if you're not singing, sinning, the world is full of sin, and we need to balance this truth with the reality that we do get old, we all die, there is disease. Our days are numbered. It says that in Psalm chapter 90, right? Whether you like it or not, statistics are 10 for 10. You're going to heaven, <laughs> meaning you're going to die. Okay? So there is a time, and Paul even says himself that, you know, the outward self, at times falls apart, but the inward is growing day by day. There's a time in our lives we get old. There's a time because of sin that whether we are taking care of ourselves, we will still suffer. Suffering is a part of the world. Disease is a part of the world because of sin, and even if it's not my sin. But I want to tell you, if I have a few days left in this body... I don't want to bring the suffering on to myself. Hello? Well, what does that look like? Well, you know, a lot of the physical problems people suffer with in the world is because they're not living the truth of God's word. Cancers are caused by smoking and drinking and drugs. We know there's overeating to excess. There's sexual disease. We know stress, not dealing it with the Lord, can bring on sickness. We know un unforgiveness can yeah, lead to the reality of serious illness. And God's word speaks to some of these things. And if we will truly obey what he has said and live a redeemed life to who we are in our physical being, that we can be more healthy. Okay, I'm not saying... Do you understand that you won't get sick? That's not my theology. My theology is I don't need to bring sickness on by disobeying God's word. 
Somebody say something. <laughs> right? Amen. But sometimes as Christians, we put it over there. Well, it doesn't matter. You know, and I was a part of, this isn't a poke at anybody, but Calvary Chapel, sometimes at their conferences, they ate so much that people started calling it Calvary Chapel. And I'm not putting anyone in a bad light, but if you are going to eat, eat, eat. And by the way, brokenness comes soul, because the soul is your bridge from your spirit to your body. So if you're broken at times, right, then you try and medicate with your physical body. And that can be all sorts of things which aren't good. But the reality is the majority of the year, probably 51 weeks of the year, I talk to the spirit and the soul in my teaching but I rarely talk to the body. But I think it's important. It's not the most important, but it is important. Paul would say in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, all things are permissible, but not all things are beneficial. What was he talking about? Sexuality. Well, actually eating too, like food, Overeating. And by the way, the Proverbs talk about gluttony as well and overdrinking and that we shouldn't do that. But he goes on to say that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, your body, who you are, spirit, soul, body is where Christ, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of Christ dwells in. So what kind of body do you not looking at it in a weird worldly way, I want it to be used for the God who lives in it. I don't want to satisfy the things not according to his word in sinful ways because God lives in me. And that's where Paul says in the sexuality part, like, you want to join yourself to a harlot? You're joining God to a harlot. Don't do that! Right? Don't let that be done in your physical body, knowing the truth of God's word. So I do believe the Proverbs, in some way, are very correct. I'm not saying specifically in every circumstances, but generally, if we obey and fear God's word, we're probably going to be more healthy than those who don't believe in God's word. Amen? That's right. Let's take a few examples. The Sabbath, rest. It's not a law in the New Testament, but it certainly cannot hurt. <laughs> you hear me? To have a day off, not ten days off, but one day off a week. Rest for your spirit, soul, and body. And I think we can all say that this is practically true, that rest is extremely crucial for our minds, souls, and body to reset and recharge. And this was God's idea. This was God's word. Right? Now, I'm a big football fan. I don't know if you guys know that, but something started a week or two ago. Preseason for my Buffalo Bills. You know, you know you're a fan when you're reading articles on preseason. I know you think I'm crazy, but I got to have a little hobbies, right? But you know that these super athletes go to practice and they go to some place where they're isolated in terms they have to go and stay in a room and work out for three, four weeks a month and get things right. But you know what? They don't practice seven days of the week. Because science tells them you can't do that. 
You have to have recovery for your body. And so now science is telling us what God's word told us a long time ago, that there has to be rest in the Sabbath for your body to be healthy. And this was God's idea. And this is why he put it in place, because he wanted people to be healthy. Yeah, that's right. Fasting. Oh, don't mention that word. Right? But Jesus encourages us all to fast in the book of Matthew. It's not when you fast or if you fast, it's when you fast. I don't care if it's a meal or a day or seven days. It's spiritually an amazingly positive experience, though it's difficult. And though physically our bodies are crying for something that we want, science is now telling us that fasting is extremely good for us. Oh, well, how about that? Science, again, is telling us that God's word is correct. Because God cares about us. He puts a spiritual principle in place so that we can physically be at our best for his glory. Our God is amazing. Now, obviously, I don't want like I don't want to go overboard. Uh, yeah, I don't even care what I look like. You look like it's not about external appearance. Do you hear me? It's simply obeying God's word because we know it's right. We've been redeemed. We see His mercy, and we're to present our bodies as living sacrifices, meaning it's yours, God, I'm going to do what you want to do because I can be used more for your glory if I do what you say because you've changed me and renewed me. I just want to be, how can I say this, not a slave to sin because of your work, but I want my body to be a slave to righteousness. And it's about time we include all of us in the truth of God's word and not just ministering to the spirit, though it is the priority and where we will go all the time and the soul and we need counseling. Sometimes you guys need to counsel me, help my soul. It's broken. I need God's truth. But we need God's truth for our physical body as well. So. Don't go away from here. Oh, Pastor Dan, he's all into physical fitness. No, I'm into you not bringing suffering onto yourself by obeying truth so you can experience all God has for you. That's what I'm for. Okay, give you a little testimony myself. I hate winter. I was saying to my friends over there, I hate winter. And I was like, yeah, you see the dew on the ground? The cooler nights. <laughs> you might be like, oh, it's so fresh at night. You know what I'm thinking? Four weeks. And I'm wearing a sweater. Well, actually, I'm such a wimp. I wear sweaters now. I like the heat so much. I come from the prayer walk. They're like, damn, you got like three, like, shirt, uh, sweater, jacket. And this is probably in September. They're like, what's wrong with you? I love the heat. I don't like winter. I don't like the darkness. And I think in some ways, maybe I've experienced a little seasonal depression. Maybe it's the depression of having to get my fires going. Every morning just means work with capital letters, W-R-K. That's all winter means to me. The driveway, the fireplace, 
dogs are always in, gotta vacuum their hair every day. Can't go outside. I'm just being honest. And when I had kids, it was even worse. You had to dress them. It took like half an hour, and then they gotta come in and go to the bathroom. Summer, you're just like, just take it off, go. All right, just joking. Don't do that, all right? Especially if you live in the suburbs. So um, we live in the country. So, But I think in some ways, because of winter and maybe my makeup, there have been times where I severely could get discouraged. I don't think necessarily I struggled with depression, though that is real for some people. I would say that it's a lot harder to be happy in the winter. That's just for me. Maybe you love winter. Maybe you're feeling that way this summer. Okay, great. But there's something I really felt God show me that was really important. Get up for me and do the next thing. Those times I want to stay in bed. And I, and for me, by the way, this is not like chemical depression. I'm not, this is just somebody who needs a um, push, okay? So don't, I'm not saying anything about that. But I'm saying for me, God said, your body is important to how you mentally think. So get up, get walking with the dogs. For my soul, shut off the news. Get the blood rolling. Get to the next thing. You're worried about the hair. Vacuum every day. Get them out for a walk. Get up at the same time. Your sleep is important. Routine is crucial. And exercise is really important. That had a huge impact on my life. Not that I was the happiest person in winter. But I can say there was an improvement in my mental outlook through physically taking care of myself. And I'm not talking again of full-out mental illness. I'm talking about a regular guy who needs to get up and get going. And that is the truth because even in Scripture, and I remember teaching at CCA in a chapel, even to the little ones, when Elijah was depressed and thought he was the only one, God said to him, get up and eat. Sleep properly, you've been busy. And then he whispered to him. And the only thing in the midst of his mental difficulty of thinking he was the only one, God said, take care of your body, take care of your spirit, take care of your soul. It wasn't just two, it was all three. Right? We are the temple, the tent of the Holy Spirit. And I find it interesting, if we're not careful and we abuse our bodies and we medicate to help our souls, sometimes we give place for the devil to do things we don't want him to do. And that's why Jesus said, when you get him out, sweep it clean and don't let him back in. Spirits are looking for a place to live. Don't let evil in any way enter through physical abuse of your body, but rather let it be full of the Holy Spirit, spirit, soul, and physically. It's true. Well, we know the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. I think that is true. 
But let me tell you, because the redemptive work of Christ, may our flesh be stronger. I just want to share one little verse that I learned this week that I think is really important in 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Now may the God of peace sanctify you completely in your whole spirit, soul, and body. That you would be presented that way at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. God didn't just redeem your mind or your soul. He wants you to live holy. He's sanctifying you, making you holy physically as well so you can be well and used, not to say, look at me, I'm healthy, but to be used for his glory. Why do you want to be healthy? Why do you want to eat right? Why do you want to exercise, whether that's a walk, just the simplest thing? Because I am here for a short time, and it's not all about me. It's that God can work through me for his glory. Do you understand? Don't fixate on yourself. But God, you've done this in me. I want to obey you. I want to be holy like you've made me so I can be used for all that you have for me. Finally, just two things in conclusion. My kids are looking at me. Conclusion, yeah, right. No, but really. May the Holy Spirit, through the Word of God, pierce us in our spirit, our soul, and our body to how we need to change to be holy to what he's calling us to be. It's not my work. It's not like, oh, I'm going to go see Doug and Dan and they're going to tell me how I need to change. No. The Holy Spirit right now can encourage you. If you're abusing in any way something that's not right with your physical body, the Holy Spirit, God's word, can cut and be like, no, 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 that's got to go. That's got to go. Because I have so much for you. Don't medicate with that. I've got so much more for you. And though it can be very difficult, the end result is so much better. Now, you might be saying, I didn't do anything, Pastor Dan, but I'm sick. Taking care of myself my whole life. And I'm sick. Could be mental, could be physical. I've tried to obey God's word and I'm sick. It's not my fault. What do we do? We're not, I'm not here to tell you that you're not going to suffer. Some people get in accidents. It's not their fault. They get rear-ended. They get hit. Right? What do we do? Well, if God loved me, he wouldn't have let this happen to me. No. We're not going that direction. We know suffering will happen. But I do want to say this. I don't know what God will do, but we can never forget that he has called us to pray for those who are sick. You hear me? Oh, it doesn't happen. I don't believe it. When's the last time? Get that junk out of your head. Because you're doubting before you even pray. It says if you're sick, what? Go to the 
elders. Now, I'm not saying you go to the hospital. I go to the hospital all the time. But don't go to the hospital sometimes without going to the elders. Who made you? Who knows you? And I'm not saying God will heal you. I'm not saying that at all. It's not my business whether God heals you or not. My business is to tell you that God's word says when you're sick, you should ask for prayer. And you shouldn't be afraid. And you should go in faith. And you should ask God if this is your will. God, would you heal me today? Because I want to live at my best for your glory. And if you want me to have this illness, that's okay. I ask. I'm trusting. And you're going to give me the strength. But please, guys, believe God's word. Don't say he's not going to do it without ever trying it and go in faith and let's leave the results to him. My encouragement is step out in faith with all of you, your spirit, your soul, and your body. Amen? And I feel like I would truly let you down if I didn't say every week, we, Doug, I, We'll be back there. Amy's not there. I'll ask Jamie to go back for the ladies if you're more comfortable with a lady. We are there every week to pray for you, for your spirit, your soul, and your body. And sometimes I feel like I really got to be a cheerleader. Oh, come on. You can do it. Oh, like I have to push you to do it. If you believe the truth of God's word, Get back there. I don't know what will happen, but let's obey God's truth. Amen? Maybe, sorry about that, if that was a little straightforward. I had to apologize already this morning to someone for being too straightforward. I just want to see a church that obeys God's word, myself included, at the top of the list. Amen? Let's pray. We're going to celebrate communion and see that God... Oh, man, he's redeemed us. He's sanctified us, spirit, soul, and body. Doug and I, Jamie, will be at the back. We'd love to pray for you. But let's enjoy and realize that God loves us. He's forgiven us. He's saved us. And he has sanctified us. We're in process of that. Amen? Thank you, Jesus, for your grace and your goodness this day. And, Lord, you've given us these tents these temples, <laughs> all different shapes and sizes, and that doesn't even matter. But Lord, we don't want to abuse them, to medicate them, when we could be just following your word, give us wisdom. Lord, help us to obey your word, not to abuse everything in moderation, not to excess. Lord, may we fear you and your truth and we know your way is the best way. And for those of us, yeah, life brings difficulty and suffering. We don't want to bring it on, but if we are that way, we give it to you, God, and we ask you to work for your glory, totally submitted to the result. But Lord, may our bodies be slaves to righteousness to do what you want us to do. in the quietness of the moment, Holy Spirit, if there's anything in spirit, soul, or body that you want to convict, 
We ask you to do that now, just in the stillness. May the Holy Spirit speak to you. Worship your God, you're so faithful. We do communion here as the elements are in the back, quietly and respectfully. You may gather those up. Return to your seat, we'll partake together. And as I mentioned, as Joel is singing, we're happy to pray for anyone who needs prayer. Delighted, excited to see what God has in store. Thanks for listening. If you want any information about our church, check us out at northgateministry.com. If you'd like to listen to more teachings, you can listen at YouTube at Northgate Ministry.